You are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich. And this is 2020. In episode 154 today, January 2nd, 2020. We have a bit of a shorter program for you on this episode. We have two... I guess I suppose the, the topic of the day could be separated a little bit, but maybe what I'll do is one of the announcements will be kind of during my portion of what's new, but our second part is going to be our topic of the day, which is our anticipated games of that's right. 2020. So anyway, Steve, I just want to wish you a happy new year. Ah. Oh. Seeing as how we have made it a whopping two days into the new year, that means we have 363 days more to go before this day, uh, this day, no, this year draws to a close. You know your arithmetic, Russ. I'm impressed. Uh, I can't be taught. (laughs) Slowly. May have to repeat myself in a couple of grades, but uh, I'll get there. (laughs) And a calculator here and there. Uh, (laughs) And a yardstick. I found myself uh, having more fun writing words that could be read upside down on the calculator mm. than actually using it for arithmetic. Right. I suppose it explains a lot. Did that with pagers myself. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Back in the electronic dog leash days. Right. So how have you been over this past week? Well, Russ, I think I've had my fill of champagne. Mm. For a while. Yes. Which is always nice. I think it's going to be a while till I have more champagne. And at that point, I'll be ready. I was going to say, I think probably the next time I could think of when um, a occasion, an occasion Mm. would call for that, would be when you celebrate your one-year wedding anniversary in October. I would say so. Indeed. Um, let's see. And you know what else I'm kind of tired of? I, I this is my amazing cooking. I know, right? You've been spoiled. I'm actually getting a bit tired of eating such rich foods. <laughs> I just need- I'm tired of being wheeled away from the dinner table <sighs> in a wheelbarrow. My wife is. Is, is, is teaching me how to slow down and stop so I don't stuff, Chew your food, Steve. Yeah, I don't <laughs> stuff my face like a chipmunk every single meal. And, man, we've been, we've been eating so royally the past month. I think I'm done. I think I just want, like, comfort food. And, like, open up a can of chili or something. Eat some, like, raw broccoli, and that's all I'm going to have for, like, yeah, a week. I understand. I know that I <laughs> put together that five-pound beef tenderloin which seemed as though everybody really enjoyed that for Christmas dinner, and along with the green bean casserole and the old potatoes. Uh, gravy upon gravy upon cheese upon gravy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. And, of course, with the, what was the other one? It was Thanksgiving. We had Thanksgiving yep. uh, not too long ago either with the fantastic smoked turkey. That's right. Along with all the other side dishes. And yeah, I, I, I can see where you're coming from on that. Mm. Sometimes you're just like, you know, I just want a bag of carrots. Uh, I think I'll, I'll be good. Yeah. You know, and, and but I will say this holiday was one of the least stressful holidays. Oh, good. Because I, we weren't out in the hustle and bustle trying to buy every knickknack paddywhack out there. And I mean, I, I went to work, I went home, but because we didn't do a big gift exchange, Russ, it was, uh, it was nice, you know? Sure. We'll oh, go well, with that. Uh, well, at least for me, it was. Maybe <laughs> not for you. I'm speaking for myself. Yeah, a big bah humbug to you, Steve. <laughs> it's not a bah humbug. <laughs> No, on our side of things, um, typically we really enjoy doing that, but this year was uh, a little more of a financial hardship with uh, La Familia. <laughs> the entire family, yeah. Yeah, we're just like, you know what? Let's just make it easy. Let's just make a fire and stare at the flames. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be grateful we have a roof over our head for once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, have you been playing anything? Well, I got a little farther. And and Star Wars, 
How far are you now? Well, I'll t- I told you, but I'll tell the listeners. Oh. I finally, I, I, I beat, well, actually, no. I got halfway through beating the second sister. Uh-huh. And I figured that I would be able to, to whittle her life down to about halfway, and then it would stop me, and then there'd be a cut scene. I knew that was going to happen, and for sure it happened. But here is actually the case, which is I got tired of dying mm-hmm. so often mm. and hitting respawn. I actually timed how long the loading takes. It takes 52 seconds while you're staring at a black screen. That is one of the things I do not like about that game. Right. I, I hope that they come out with some kind of patch. Right. So I got tired of looking at that black screen for days. And so I thought I'll take a break. Then I went back and I thought, okay, to make make this more bearable, I'm mm. going to turn all the voices off in the game. So like when she dodges me or if I hit her or if she blocks my attack, she's like, oh, you suck. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I just turned that off to just uh, to bear it. Well, then the cut scene happened and I'm like, hey. <laughs> she's pacing back and forth and not saying anything. That's kind of intimidating. And then he's pacing back and forth. I'm like, okay, he's doing the same thing too. Why isn't anybody saying anything? <laughs> and then his mouth started to move. I'm like, oh, nuts. And so I had to hit pause and then turn the voice back on. So about half that scene, I didn't. I don't Your know. lip reading skills are not up to par. Is that what you're saying, Steve? <laughs> yeah. I needed the uh, the lip the lip reader guy that does the, all the, the movies. I need him to say something. Uh, Oh man. So anyhow, uh, that's, that's about it. That's all I've been playing. I did finish the Witcher series on Netflix. Cool. Which is, uh, pretty good. It's pretty, it's, it's very well done. I think they actually signed on to do a a season dose. Cool. And the wife and I finished Rocky four. The battle between Rocky Balboa and the Ruski, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Um, and Alien came in the mail, and I will watch it. It's a classic. Yeah, I haven't seen it all the way through, bro. It's a classic. It'll freak you out. Sure it will. It's pretty gross. Now, am I going to see any, like, roller stilts on this um, Alien or the uh, special effects? Uh, pretty good for 1979. They're actually really good. There is one scene in particular. I'm not going to spoil it for you now, but. Thank you. There is one part in particular that's pretty outdated visual effects, but everything else is surprising. Like you watch and you're like, huh, all right. You know, you can tell it's it's a little bit old, but at the same time, I, I buy into it. And like I said, yeah. it's just a classic. So there you go. You're going to enjoy it. Well, that's basically all what's new with me. Okay. Well, I have been enjoying Viva Pinata of all games. Viva with- Pinata. <laughs> Um, both my daughter and I actually she expressed an interest and it was one of the games that I just have had in my library I just never played it Uh, but it's a rare title that got released on the Xbox 360 and so we started going into it it's a really fun game it's just a a light-hearted game but it's it's kind of a cross it kind of reminds me of Animal Crossing a little bit but there's a little bit of something else too, and I can't put my finger on it. Um, however, what's really cool, the whole idea is that you're a gardener. You're gardening this this uh, finite space, and the world itself is this world made up of these fantastic uh, pinata creatures. And so they're, they literally are pinatas that move around, and, and they have these fun names for themselves and that sort of thing. And so depending on how you garden and what kind of uh, trees that you grow or what kind of flowers you plant or different types of vegetables, that sort of thing, you will attract different animals, and, you'll, and you will continue to develop a bit of an ecosystem in there. And you have to ward off some of the bad animals. And sometimes uh, the animals that you have in your garden have territory wars, and so you have to break up some fights and stuff. And there are different types of folks who will aid and assist you in different capacities. And so overall, it's really cool. It, it's fun because it's great for kids to be able to check out and kind of get um, used to an idea of developing symbiotic relationships with these different creatures and how to just do the basic principles of gardening, like watering, 
digging holes, laying down sod, that sort of thing. But it's also really good for adults as well, just because, especially as you get um, farther into the game, there are certain things that are just fun. It's it's almost kind of like uh, it's like Minecraft light in a way, where like you're you're not able to build like you can in Minecraft, but it's that creative sandbox where you can actually compose how you want your garden to be, where you want things to, to, to reside. You can, you can, you can actually build certain buildings and fencing and that sort of thing. So overall I've been, I've been really enjoying it. I haven't really been playing anything else due to the fact that, um, the, uh, the, the announcement that I alluded to earlier in the program um, I have gotten a new job. A jabby job. A J-O-B. I know that I, th- I talked about it early on, um, I think around the summertime or so. Um, I had gotten laid off from my previous job. And so for the past six months, I have been on the hunt for new opportunities and been interviewing different places and whatnot. And so I'm really excited to announce to all of you that I'm actually um, going to be doing some work for 2K Games. And specifically, it's part of their 2K Silicon Valley studio that they just opened up in 2019. I think it was like around February of 2019. Hmm, it's a good month. Indeed. I seem to recall your birthday is during that month, Steve. Right. Mm-hmm. And Valentine's. And my wife's birthday is during that time as well. <laughs> but anyway, I will be filling a, a position um, that is called a lead multimedia specialist. And so I'll be helping the, the dev team with this current unannounced title that they are working on. Uh, it's going to be led by Michael Condry, who, if you don't know who that is, he was the co-founder of Sledgehammer Games and worked on some of the Call of Duty games, such as Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. He was also um, working on Dead Space back during the EA Games days. He worked there and was the, the head of the development for that particular title. He also worked on the James Bond title uh, that came out a long time ago uh, and was uh, pretty successful as well. So he, he comes from this uh, nice pedigree of successes. And so I, for one, am very curious. They've been in, in stealth mode this entire time. I, I have no idea what kind of game they're working on, what they're planning on doing. But needless to say, I am extremely grateful and, and excited to see how this whole adventure is started and, and where the journey will take me. So of course, that means that the, one of the first questions that comes to mind for us is, well, what is the, the current state of Joygasm? Because up until this point, Steve and I have been together doing this in person week in and week out. <laughs> we've been doing it and we've been having a blast doing it. And so this particular job that I have means that I'm going to be in California. I'm coming back to the Bay Area, if you can believe it. And Steve's going to stay here in Texas. So um, with that in mind, I want to be able to, to put everyone at ease immediately by saying that we are still 110% committed to the program. We are going to continue doing Joygasm once a week. And it may sound a, you know slightly different just because I'm yelling a lot louder. <laughs> Yeah. Since he's not going to be in person, obviously we're not hooked up to the same audio equipment and we're going to have to um, essentially have him dialed in online to be able to get it. And I'm going to do my best to try and uh, do the the mastering of audio in such a way that uh, it sounds as close to how he sounds now. But I have a feeling it probably won't be exactly the same, but if we can get, you know, 90% of the way there or so, then um, hopefully everyone will still enjoy it and uh, no one will be worse for wear. There you go. So that's going to happen actually the very next episode. I think we're going to be giving it a shot and seeing how everything works out. I'm sure there will be technological malfunctions or difficulties that will happen (laughs) along the way and, you know, but but we're we are a tenacious. <laughs> Steve, what are you doing? I'm okay, Rick. <laughs> Steve, Steve. Whoa, where'd you go? Okay, take fifteen. Oh, 
patch this through. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for editing software. Yeah, exactly. Steve's is taking too long. <laughs> so anyway, I'm for one, I'm very excited about that. It is going to be a bit of a sacrifice just because my family is going to be staying here in Texas since our house is here. And the job itself is a current, in its current form, it's just a six month long contract. Um, there is at the end of that, um, a possibility, uh, for extension and possibly turning into more of a staff position. But, um, at this point in time, my outlook is that I'm going to be rolling in California for the next six months. And in between doing, uh, some game development, I'm going to be working on joygasm. So. There you have it. Bumping in the Bay Area. How do you feel about me going back to the Bay Area, Steve? Well, I hope you'll be able to tell me how the ocean is, Russ. <laughs> how the salt air, salt water smells. I'll FedEx to you some jars that I fill up with the salt yeah. air. <laughs> I'll have to un unscrew the jar and... Hold off on those New Year's resolutions. It's time for the topic of the day. Topic of the day is our anticipated games of 2020. And so we have a list, both Steve and I, and I'm sure that we have a number of the same types of titles, which is totally okay because that just gives us an opportunity to be able to talk about it. Mono e mono. Mono e mono. And so I think, you know. No, I don't know. We'll just go back and forth, take turns. What do you say? Ah, I like table tennis. Exactly. Do you want to go first? Sure, Russ. Okay. Well. Oh. Now, this is a game mm -hmm. that I most likely will not be able to play. Not be able to play? Why is that, Steve? Because it's on VR. Oh. But... Caught your eye, though, regardless. Uh, yes, it did. And it gives me hope that it will be on next generation systems in the future. You know what game I'm talking about, Russ? I have no idea, Steve. Well, I've only been hoping for it for the last 12 years. Hmm. Half-Life Alex. Oh, now I do know precisely what it is that you speak of. Everybody's been saying, yeah, give it up. Don't talk about it. It's over. It's done. It's not coming out. That ship, that, that valve has sailed. Mm, that valve has let off some steam. That's right. No, it's coming back. Keep hope alive, as Crystal Method would say. Ah. And I have kept the hope and it is coming out. Unfortunately, since I don't know the VR system, and I, I don't know if I may, maybe, I don't know. I don't have the funds for it. But uh, marriage will do that to you. But I can, that's why you have YouTube, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you can live vicariously through a 15-year-old. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think eventually they'll bring it to either PC, which I have a PC. You know they will. And or they'll bring it to Xbox. I mean, why not? Why not? Why would they even limit it to VR? I know. You know what I'm know. saying? You know what I'm saying? I know. Anyhow, I was doing a little research and I saw that they had um, the uh, they had a clip that was released two days ago. And I went, what? How could I miss this? So anyway, I had to kick it off with that one. Hey, that's a good one to kick it off with. I know you have been a Half-Life fan for quite some time. And I know, too, that that was a bit of a relief for you just because it has been a long time. Indeed. A long time <laughs> since the last Half-Life title was released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, Steve, I thought it'd be fun to kick off a game that I am personally looking forward to, which is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. And then the reason I say that is that I thoroughly enjoyed watching you play the original Final Fantasy VII for the PlayStation way back in the day. And it was such a life-altering experience. And I wasn't even the one who was engaged in, in the story or interacting with the characters like you were. I was just kind of sitting there with popcorn and a drink enjoying what you were doing. And so I feel as though this is uh, the right time for me to be able to jump into the world that is Final Fantasy VII. I am a bit disappointed that apparently it's going to be an episodic approach where like you're only going to be able to play sections of the original game at a time and then you have to pay another $60 or something for the next segment. I, I don't know how the pricing structure works exactly. And that, that is a bit unfortunate, but at the same time, given the fact that I know that the original roadmap of, of final fantasy seven is just gigantic. Really? Yeah. I mean, when you think about like the, the locales that you went to the fact that they completely redid everything, especially after playing. And I know this has nothing to do with final fantasy, but Playing the Resident Evil 2 remake, you could tell how much of, of a, a bump in the graphics everything got. And, of course, they, that means that they have to render and, and model and animate everything in those, those scenarios as opposed to just being like a static background, like a rendered image. So I don't know. I, mean, I go back and forth with that particular aspect to it. But I can say I'm very much anticipating it. And I think it's supposed to be coming out in February? March, March, March. Yeah. March 3rd. So that's mine. Yeah. That's going to be interesting because originally you bought the entire game and I believe it was three discs long. If I'm not I think mistaken. so. It was either three or four. Cause I remember when eight come out, it was also multiple discs, but anyway, so, and the game was gorgeous. I remember I, I downloaded just stills of the game and had it as my desktop wallpaper for any given time, no matter what it was, if it was a spell or it was like that broken down church where all the, the like the ferns were going or different places in Midgard uh, or the high wind, yep. something. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be, and that, that game was, it wasn't just a game. It was an entire experience to play. And I know I'm not alone in saying that. So, yeah, I'm glad they're they're remaking it, but I mean they have a really high standard, and yeah, I, that, when I heard that it might be an episodic like um, adventure sort of thing where you, this is the first game, they might come out with another game later on where it's like the next chapter in the story. I, I don't know. I kind of thought that's a bit squeezing a bit too much, you know. It won't just give us the entire game and let us play. Um, and then I, we'll see what happens with the voices because that little that that clip they showed us at E three was like filled with everybody yapping here. <laughs> like, just <laughs> let us fight! Oh my goodness. Anyhow, sure. so I have Marvel's Avengers. Really? Yeah. Okay. Might be interesting. Um, it brings me back to the Avengers arcade game Beat 'Em Up. This is going to be entirely different graphics boost. Bunch of characters to play. We'll see where it goes. Absolutely. Well, it's being developed by Crystal Dynamics, and they, of course, are the ones who are behind the the Tomb Raider reboot that has been just a, very successful. Oh my goodness, yeah, very successful. It's been a joy to play. I still actually need to beat. I, I beat um, Rise of Tomb Raider, but I have yet to beat Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Right. You need to make some more arrows. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Put out one campfire. Start another. <laughs> Oh, boy. Tie up a bandage. <laughs> Got yet another paper cut. Yeah, I, I need a swing from that vine over there. <laughs> I haven't swung it enough vines lately. Back to you. Back to me. Okay, so Neo is a game that I bought. Neo. Uh-huh. And I... <laughs> subsequently put down because the opening level is so hard. And this is, this is before I started playing Sekiro. Mm. I was not used to this type of, of, or level of difficulty. And I'd be curious to, to pick up Neo again. Now that I am used to that type of, of fighting difficulty style, like, because I've heard that, that the original Neo 
does bear some resemblance to kind of like the Dark Souls series or even Sekiro itself. And so knowing that, and, and everybody who's played it says it's an awesome game. And so it's like, I, I don't want to forfeit the experience of that. So hearing that, that they're making a sequel, apparently it's also supposed to come out in March. Um, I think March 13th is when, it, when it's due. But I don't know if I want to try and play that game right off the bat. I think I want to earn my way through the first game just to understand what the heck is going on and then you know make my continuation into the second one. But it's it's created by Team Ninja, if I'm not mistaken. And, of course, they're the ones who made Ninja Gaiden. They're a, a, a super talented group over there. So that's uh, that's one of the ones I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing. And hopefully I'll have the time uh, slash gumption to be able to get through. Nice. Well, in that, Shadow Russ, I'm looking forward to Ghosts of Tetsushima. Now, when you say that, are you are you looking forward to playing it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So okay. I mean, I, why wouldn't I? Well, because it strikes me as being kind of like a Sekiro type of gaming experience. Possibly, but I can't shake my curiosity. Right. And with you being gone. I can't just come over here and watch you play it. It's true. I mean, I might be able to watch you stream it, but that's not exactly the same thing. No. No, it's not. But it looks it looks beautiful. It looks gorgeous. And I'd like to see how it looks on my TV. Yeah. Very nice. Well, it colored me surprised on that <laughs> one. That little dealio. The next one for me is Persona 5 Royal. Really? The reason being that I have been playing Persona 5. I haven't gotten very far, mind you. And it's been, it, it, it's kind of a slow burn of a game, but it's very unique. And I believe the developers are the same ones who, who did like the Jet Grind Radio, mm. Jet, Jet Set Radio mm. Future, that sort of thing. Mm. Of course, um, the game also Persona Five was highly reviewed and rated everything else, and so due, due to the critical acclaim, that's what ultimately got me on board. And I'm hoping that I'm able to spend more time with the game and be able to fully understand the gameplay mechanics because, like I said, it is a very different type of RPG game. And so, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see where they take it from here. Well, you're gonna laugh at me on this one. <laughs> oh, too soon. <laughs> Too soon? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Streets of Rage 4. No, I'm not going to laugh at you with that <laughs> because I'm looking forward to that game as well. And I know that, that we both enjoy playing the original Streets of Rage series on the Genesis back in the day. And so, and, and this game is, it's just, is it Xbox Live, like Xbox Live Arcade, or is it just mobile? Uh, no, it's not just mobile. I mean, it's it's on X. I'm, on, I'm not sure if it's a, a live title because I know it's for PlayStation also. So, um, yeah, it's got to be more than that. Okay. But it looks cool. They have a lot of the music that, that's been revamped. You can tell it's like a remix version of what the original soundtrack was from Streets of Rage 1. Not to mention little sound effects, like when you, if you see the little apple sitting on the ground, you want to pick up the apple, it's all whoop. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is a love letter to the original series. You can tell that the developers really want to just put kind of a a fresh new injection into a classic title like that. And I, everyone, I, I like the, the art direction that they've taken with it, where it's that decidedly 2d anime kind of side thing. Scroller. Sides. Yeah. They, they stuck with the side scroller, which I think is smart. And I think it's gonna be a fun romp fest. Yeah, I think it will too. I mean, all the graphics are cleaned up. It's not all pixely, you know, 16 bit like it was before. It looks almost like a combination of final fight and streets of rage. Yes. Almost. Yes. Which is a good combination. <laughs> Minus the uh, car beatings uh, in the middle of an unknown alley. <laughs> <laughs> those poor cars. Yeah, those poor cars. Well, and if you think about it, Capcom has been doing these remakes. And I just realized that they're the ones behind Final Fight. 
I think I, for one, would really love to see a Final Fight remake where instead of just the the 2D pixel art and sprites and that sort of thing, I want to see something that looks photorealistic like what they did with Resident Evil 2 Remake. That would be pretty cool. That'd be freaking awesome. There, there is like a, they, they did do something where it's like this Capcom beat-em-up collection where you get Final Fight and you get a bunch of these other games. But I mean, they're, they're, they're not like next gen. They're just a cleaned up version of what they were before. But, but imagine you playing as like Cody or Hagar or huh? Guy. Yeah. <laughs> but but imagine like you're doing it with characters that look photoreal and you're in environments that you're walking down some kind of dilapidated get- ghetto or something. And I, I think that would be really cool because if you think about it, like when Final Fight like initially came out, it was a graphics tour de force for its time. So I think it's only appropriate that Capcom dust that little one off. I had it for Sega CD. It's a good game. I, I know what you mean. I, Actually, I, I had it too. It looked uh, looked better on Sega CD than it did in the arcade, if you uh, want to know my opinion. Mm-hmm. I bought it for Sega CD, Steve. Final Fight CD is what it was called. It's a great game. Back to you, Rush. Oh, though my minute Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I knew you'd bring that one up. This is a game that I thought was going to come out in 2019, and it didn't. I think they, right. I, honestly, I think they were gunning for 2019. I think they had it in their sights, and I think that they just wanted to put a bit more time polishing the title, and I think that was a wise move. D-L-C. Not that LC. Exactly. Not that I have any kind of insight or knowledge on it whatsoever, but the, this developer really knows what it wants when de- when designing these games. I think that Ori in the Blind Forest is probably one of my all-time favorite games. It's definitely, I would say, in my top 15, if not top 10 all-time favorite games because everything about it is so well executed from the art direction to the gameplay mechanics and just the storytelling too. I don't know. I think that there are qualities about it that go back to the classic 16 bit days of storytelling where like they, there was more emphasis on those side scrolling action platformer type games. And I just feel like, like they really do embody un, like just different elements or facets from a lot of these classic 16 bit games and mix them together. And that's where, how you get Ori. So for them to, to have it come out and apparently, um, I think, uh, I think it's probably supposed to come out like in late 2020, if I'm not mistaken, I think they really pushed it out a bit, <laughs> which is, which is weird because when you look at the various, like we we've seen it on display for, for, I think the, the last two E threes at least. Right. And, Every time I see something that gets dropped or whatever, I'm just completely blown away by it. So what about you, Steve? Are you hitting the ball back at me, Russ? I am indeed. And this game of four square, that's actually two squares? Indeed. (laughs) I am going to say Medal of Honor above and beyond. Now that's going to be another VR game, but... They've made Medal of Honor for PlayStation before, Russ. I've bought them all. I, I did not know you were such a fan. I, I've been buying them, and that, that I think the last one was also released in 2012. Ah. It's been a minute, and I'm looking forward to it. Oh, you know, it's by, it's by Respawn, too. Respawn's making it. Really? It might be friggin' amazing. I did not know that either. Mm. Learn something new every day. That one's probably going to come out uh, like quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, probably. Later on in the year. Well, I think Respawn is the perfect developer to be able to take that on because I think Medal of Honor was an EA IP, if I'm not mistaken. All right. When it comes to Ninja Theory. Yes, Russ. You know, Ninja Theory did the Hellblade game. And that was a game I have yet to beat. I've not beaten that game yet, but I was immediately taken by the approach and the presentation of that title. So was Brad. They have another game called Bleeding Edge, which if you recall, we saw a little bit of at this year, or not this year, last year's E3. 
I don't really know too much about it other than it seems to be some kind of like bloody online brawler or whatever. <laughs> but apparently there's like 12 characters to choose from and it's like a 4v4 team-based combat. <coughs> I am anticipating it might be similar to that of Overwatch. Um I could be totally wrong. I have no idea, but that that's what it kind of strikes me as maybe being like an edgier version of overwatch. But I'm curious about it just because I hadn't even heard of Ninja theory until they made Hellblade, And that was such a, a unique title. It makes me curious as to what else they're capable of. And so I don't even know when this is supposed to come out. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be out maybe third or fourth quarter of 2020. We'll have to see what happens. Steve, back to you. Microsoft's flight simulator. Russ, laugh it up. You don't play those games. I don't play those games. You're right. But when I saw it, I think, what was it, at E3? Yeah. I was like, this actually looks kind of relaxing to play. I mean, you could fly all these different planes and a bunch of different landscapes. I thought that's going to be, I probably wouldn't pay like full price where the thing runs, but I mean, I definitely would like to pick it up. Hmm. I don't, I, and yeah, I don't play like flight simulators. Fair enough. But fair enough. I have heard a little bit of buzz of that game from different people. Oh really? And what are they buzzing about Russ? Mostly about the graphics, about huh, how it looks huh. so realistic. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. they always say that. Yeah. Like, every time we have all these flight simulator things come out, they go, oh, mm. man, uh, so real. And then, like, <laughs> you look at it, like, five years later, and you're like, man, that doesn't look real. Is that an eight or a B? I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, there is a chance, however slight, that The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 just might make it, might squeak into the end of 2020. Actually, no. <laughs> it's two breaths. Of the wild. Oh. They should call it Zelda. Inhale and exhale. <laughs> Zelda breathing of the wild. If you recall, <laughs> they did have like a teaser trailer at, at this past E3. And so, um, again, this is kind of a cheat because I don't know for sure if it is going to make it out in time for 2020, but I'm assuming since they had a trailer at E3, maybe oh, that doesn't mean anything. There's a possibility. Yeah. You never know. You never know. Back yeah, they had a trailer for Ghosts of Tsushima freaking like 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's still not out yet. Uh, everybody's like on social security and welfare (laughs) we're working on a game on a fixed income but I've saved for the game (laughs) round 71 of uh, finances I'm gonna say Halo Infinite you anticipate that game do you well I hope they get it right Russ They, they had a bit of a lackluster trailer this last time. They did. I was not impressed. Neither was I. I was actually bored, to be honest. But they uh, they got Halo in their in their veins. I'm telling you, they released Halo Reach recently on the Master Chief Collection. It's not remade like Halo 2 was, but mm-hmm. um, it's running at 60 frames a second, 1080p. Um, so it does look, I mean, it looks better. It's just not a whole like new brand spanking new game. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying, Russ? But... I'm telling you, they had to do something different because I wasn't on board with the uh, Forerunners. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I remember you were pointedly not a fan. But I still like me some Master Chief. I like me some Master Chief when he's done right. Right, when he's dead. <laughs> when, he, <laughs> when he's done six ways from Sunday. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute, that doesn't sound uh, right. Russ, you're ruining it. <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, you had to go there. I, I did. I was like, you know what? I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hold off and see totally what you say. went there. Charlie, it's mine. <laughs> it's not yours. It's mine. Totally. <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> anyway, this is a no-brainer. I think everybody and their grandmother is anticipating this particular title. I really do. You know, my only thing is, is I hope it's as good as how hyped I am for it. Hmm. It's one of those rare instances where when you watch a game and you're right here with me, you're, if, if you're watching these different trailers, 
that are announced at E3. There are certain ones that just they they speak to you. They for some reason due to the way that they're presented for some reason you just you automatically just decide in your mind that this is going to be an epic game. And I don't think that CD Projekt Red has intentionally tried to like overhype it by any stretch. I think it's just been kind of this grassroots thing. Cause if you, if you recall, they announced it back in like, I think it was like 2013 was like the first teaser trailer that came out. Wow. Wasn't that long ago. I think it was. It wasn't. R- remember that? Remember that trailer with, it was the, the girl was the pre-rendered cinematic and she's outside. It's nighttime and she's yeah. on her knees and the bullets are it's like really slowly going toward her. It's kind of almost like freeze frame. I want to say the first trailer or, or maybe announcement of this game was, I think around 2013. When did the Witcher three come out? I don't know. Because if you recall, Siri had a dream where she was basically describing what was cyberpunk. Right. Depending on when The Witcher 3 came out, the those still images kind of sort of were still slightly moving, but basically a still image, those were after that date. Right. So, yeah. I want to say the oh, well okay so the Witcher 3 came out on Xbox 1. The Xbox 1 debuted in 2013, which means the Witcher the Witcher I mean what it came out in 2014 maybe right around there? I don't know. Anyway, it just goes to show like when when it comes to games CD Projekt Red really spends a ton of time working on it. And I for one obviously I'm anticipating the game but I hope it is, I, I hope it meets and blows away my expectations because at this point they are at a fever pitch. You just want you some Keanu. I love me some Keanu. <clears throat> what's, the, what's the word for it? Keanu sense? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know not what you speak. Did you already say Resident Evil 3? I did not. Yeah, I'm saying it now. That's right, because you referenced Temple. You didn't actually say it. I was saying Resident Evil 2 remake. Whatever. Anyway, you were alluding to Resident Evil 3, and you know it. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to it. I, you know, Resident Evil 3, I have said before, it didn't have as big of an impression on me as Resident Evil 2 with the story being in Raccoon City. That surprises me because I thought for sure that you enjoyed Resident Evil 3. I'm not saying, I think that's what you said last time. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. I'm saying it didn't have as big of an impression on me as Resident Evil 2 did. <gasps> So I'm hoping this is going to maybe correct the cycle and get me, uh, you know, make some new memories sort of thing. Well, that's good. That's, that's good. That's very good. Especially since, I mean, I don't remember. I'm, I'm, I've played all of, well, most of them, not the later ones for the most part, but I've played all of the early Resident Evils. And I don't recall much about the third one. I'm sure when I, when I play it, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember this part. Mm. What time will tell, Russ? Indeed. I, I am very much looking forward to that as well. I still need to beat Resident Evil 2 Remake. I know you beat it. I have not. I beat it. I beat it at my house and I beat it over here. I know, but I'm still making my way through as Claire and I haven't beaten it yet. I need to do so before Resident Evil 3 because I'll probably pick that up as well. Well, that was my last game, Russ. I think it's worth mentioning that in addition to the games, obviously this year is going to be very exciting due to the systems that will be revealed at E3. Yeah, all this is subject to change come June when there's E3. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there might be more. You never know. And I'm sure there will be. I'm sure there will be certain titles that are being held out of the public eye until E3. And then all of a sudden we'll be juiced up for <laughs> additional titles. But <laughs> we crunked up. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I do think it's always an exciting time, though. Every time when there's the the next generation of consoles that are about to be released, I think 
it's very unique about the gaming industry how there's almost a reset that happens every single time where when you have your current gen begin to be phased out, people can look over the, the lifespan of that particular generation, whether it's five years or seven years or eight years, whatever it is. And by the end of it, you can tell, oh, so-and-so took the crown. So-and-so sold the most amount of units. They had the most systems in play. So therefore, they won the title for that round of, of console generation. And I think it's it's fun in its own way how that title almost gets reset every time there's another generation of consoles coming out. And so looking at, you know, Microsoft, for example, Microsoft has actually been pretty aggressive in their transparency for the Xbox Series X in the sense that Phil, um, was, he was out on stage and he was talking quite a bit about it at E3. And then he came out again during the game awards and revealed what the system looked like and actually showed a little, a little snippet from Hellblade two. Whereas with Sony, Sony has actually been rather tight lipped about it. They've revealed some of the specs regarding the console itself, but that's about it. You really, I think there's, there's like one game that they're, they kind of sort of showed, but not really. They, they have taken a uncharacteristic stealth approach this time because typically Sony's pretty out there when it comes to their console launches. But needless to say, it is going to be a lot of fun to be able to watch how these companies officially unveil and release their consoles and see who's going to make mistakes and who will not. <laughs> well, you know, Sony's going to uh, leak their systems out until Christmas. They've done the last four years. That's right. They do do that. Don't yeah. They? They, they, Nintendo they, does that a, t- a bit too. <clears throat> they have been working retail ever since. Anyway, they'll, they'll drop, they'll give like target, like a target, like two systems. And so everybody like, Oh, I got one. I got one. <laughs> people will run home like, I got one, actually. And it'll be like that up until literally Christmas. And then all of a sudden, they'll have plentiful stock. Like, there's PlayStations aplenty everywhere. Yep. But anyhow, Microsoft does it almost the other way around. They'll go, okay, you want them? Here, the demand's up. Here you go. You have 20 per store and then more on the way. Well, and I, I'm glad you brought that up just because I want to actually make it a point to purchase one, if not two, of each of the systems just to be able to put it up on eBay and hopefully make a nice juicy profit that pays for the other one. So that way it's like I didn't have to pay anything at all. But it's funny how I have that that interest in doing so leading up to when the consoles get released. But then for some reason, I just kind of my, – my mind – goes into this mode of like, they're not going to be in demand. There's, there's, there's no way. People have grown up. It's going to be fine. And then all of a sudden I snap out of it like a week before they come out. And I go, oh no. And then I start asking everybody. And usually my buddies are the ones who help me out because I can't even find a system for myself because they, all the pre-orders have been snatched up and stuff. And so luckily due to the fact that I have a wonderful network of gamers, I'm able to get systems of interest on day one. Mm-hmm. However, I do believe, you know, especially considering this is our first episode of 2020. This is, this is a new year's resolution, Steve. This is in fact, my first new year's resolution for 2020, which is as soon as the PS five and Xbox series X I'll go up for pre-order. I will be very aggressive in making sure I have at least one, if not two of both so that I might be able to make money off of them. Are you going to be standing outside in the rain like you had me do? I just might. It just depends on what's going on, Steve. I, I, I'm assuming that they will be released either in September or I would say between September and November is when they'll probably launch both of those consoles. Why don't you just pre-order like two on Amazon and just get two of them in the same day and then sell one of I think that's a good idea. I just don't know how... I mean, they've been selling out super quickly on Amazon and like Walmart and Target. Like all the places. GameStop is another one where like 
And, and even with games, like if you recall, like the NES classic and the SNES classic mini, my goodness, it was like, I, I think I originally was trying to do that online, but, but I kept getting snaked by these uh, other folks who had bots that were able to go in and just grab it whenever they became available. And that's why we stood out in the rain for the SNES classic mini. Remember that? Yeah. Yes. That's why I just said it. Well, well, you made it sound as though <laughs> I hadn't considered Amazon, and I'm here to correct that for you, Steve. That I actually I did consider it. I actually tried going that route, but I was stonewalled. Right, unfortunately. What are you going to do with the uh, the new consoles? What's your What's your take on? I have my wife stand in line. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But which ones do you want? Well, have you have you given it much thought as to like? Do you, I mean, are you, do you want to get both of them? Do you want to get just one of them? Well, that's the thing that's going to be dependent on the first party titles because if one, I mean, I'm definitely, well, let me just say this. I'm definitely getting the Xbox. I mean, I'm pretty invested in the Xbox at this point. Understandable. Uh, so I'm not going to give all that up just to go back to PlayStation from day one. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it might just be the Xbox for a spell until the... PlayStation, like maybe drop some price or I win the lottery. I could see that. I could see that. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that Horizon Zero Dawn 2 will probably be announced at E3. Mm-hmm. And if they do that, and if it does happen to be a launch title, mm-hmm. you can bet I'll be picking up a PS5 to play that. Bet your booty. Bet your bottom dollar. <laughs> <laughs> that wraps up this episode of Joy Guys, and make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm. That's spelled J-O-Y-G-A-S-M and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show. Not to mention, it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live. And actually, I'm going to pause right there for just a moment. This is going to be changing a little bit in the sense that since I'm going to be in California and Steve's going to be in Texas, we're going to do what we can to continue doing that, but it might be that we adopt something entirely different, which is we'll just try our best to sign on whenever we actually are playing something. The theory of get in when you fit in. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little tricky in, in that regard, but we'll see how it works. I'm still going to push to have us, um, you know, at the very least anyway, we'll still sign on every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. But it might be, in addition to that, us just signing on more and more um, as time allows. Anyway, 